and welcome to the 90 Minutes Cynic podcast. I am your host, as always, Christopher Patrick Joseph Gallagher, and I'm joined by a panel, I would say a hip panel this week. Um, straight in front of me, we've got Eminem. <laughs> I am the real Slim Shady, yes. The real Slim Shady, uh, Louis McCaffrey, who has absolutely devastated his uh, black locks into some sort of fresh blonde Louis get blonde hair I have dyed my hair blonde yep, yep. Louis get blonde hair and, um, and I must say you look absolutely tremendous I think it's a it's a massive uh, improvement frankly um, and uh, thanks for, for for doing that thanks for gracing us with your presence as well yeah I, th- I thought I had to bring bring something different this week because last week I wasn't on and the podcast was shit okay so, great Thank you. thanks for that Louis um, he's our cheerleader as always Um to my right hand side, we've got um, Alan Edgar. Good evening. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Can you not smack your lips, please? I just can't help it. I really <laughs> can't. I've, I've tried all week. Yeah, there's I'm going a... for elocution lessons. It's <laughs> like um, it's like the king's speech. Yeah, except you don't have half as much eloquence as uh, King Dave. I don't care. For King the... Ralph. Remember the film King Ralph with I John do not Goodman? Care for the crown, so that's good. Good. Fuck the crown. And uh, to my left hand side, it's a returning Daniel McGowan. Daniel, how are you? I'm good. How are you? How's the world of 1994 indie hip hop? But I'm sure it's wonderful. No, I, I didn't say. I said. I said hip hop. I meant just indie music because you're yeah. into all that sort of stuff, aren't you? Yeah, quite like it. Yeah. Good, good. Um, I don't know why I'm being a dick straight off the bat, but there you go. Thank you, Daniel, for getting involved. Thank you, Louis. Thank you, yeah. Alan. Um, just do some housekeeping. Uh, the analysis podcast went up on the Patreon. This uh, that last week, um, it was a breakdown of the Celtic defeat at Ibrox. Uh, did you guys listen and enjoy? Or that yeah. was great. Yeah, I'll have some good. constructive feedback to give you after the show. Okay, th- always, always with the constructive Con- feedback. Constructive, constructive. Well, next season when we we do it, you you get yourself involved and uh, you'll just drop us with some truth information bombs. It'll be. Terrific. Yep, all the XGs you can handle. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. Uh, but yeah, so that the analysis podcast, it was um, received very, very well. Um, we're also doing a second feature, sorry, we're doing a feature podcast this week. Alan, you're involved in that um, director football podcast, where yes. we're going to break down that role and how it could benefit Celtic. Absolutely, and I think it, I don't want to go into too much about it, but I think it'll be quite interesting to hear some other people's opinions as well. I don't know if that's... Yes, we've got a very special guest coming on for that, someone who is uh, very much uh, centred around experience of being part of that setup. so that should be terrific. That'll be dropping uh, later in the week, so that'll be the second podcast that we have had um, on the Patreon in May when we didn't plan to have any. Um, but thirdly, we're going to have a Scottish Cup final reaction podcast. It's going to be out probably about an hour after the, the, the Scottish Cup final, um, all of our thoughts and opinions. We might be steaming. You know, it's a treble treble, Louis. What can you do? We get a few drinks, a few laughs. These things happen. These this, things is what's, this is the quality content coming to the, the Patreon. Yes, steaming takes about how Celtic are the best. Um, but no, in all seriousness, we'll have a, a breakdown of a, a reaction podcast that will break down our thoughts, our feelings and what we think of everything. And uh, yeah, the build-up to the uh, Scottish Cup final on the website will have a... Preview, um, live lunch um, will be on Friday as always, and uh, minute by minute, Graham's final minute by minute of the of the season, he's been an absolute um, behemoth um, within the minute by minute world, you know, he's getting calls from all these other pe- people asking me to come in, he's ours, he's staying, um, 
we love you, Graham. Don't know why I'm giving Graham love because I actually hate him in real life. Um, but yeah, so that's where the, we are with the Patreon. Um, before we start the actual podcast, I should say we are recording this on Monday um, at uh, seven pm. Um, we know about territories. We know about you know. I'm I'm, I'm not Eric Bischoff. I'm not giving away any sort of. Um, you know, I'm not asking for questions or anything. We'll let people be people. We are all territorial, but at the same time, we're all we're all one family. So, um, just wanted to to let you know that we are recording on the Monday. So, if anything breaks on the Tuesday, uh, sorry. Um, As it stands, the best way to let people know is is that the current um, favourite for the manager's role, as it stands, is David Moyes. Just in case that changes. Oh, fucking hell! But you stop being favourite when you get it, don't you? So. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a real concern. Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't think he'll ever be favourite, even by his family. I think his family hate him. How big will the stock drop? (laughs) That's the main thing, really. Quite big. Uh, So this podcast, we're going to talk about uh, the Celtic Hearts game. We're going to talk a little bit about some managerial chat because it is the kind of big thing that's kind of holding over us at the moment. Uh, We're going to have a bit of a squad breakdown and look at who's, who's in, who's leaving, what, you know, sort of uh, what we think about the squad overall. Um, and if we get the opportunity, we're going to do a quick preview of the Scottish Cup final, but that will be done in more detail on Friday at the live lunch. Um, we'll go into real specifics on Friday, but tonight, if we get the chance, we'll we'll do what we can. Uh, Louis McCaffrey, mm-hmm. Celtic two, Hearts one. Um, thoughts on your on just an initial thoughts in the game? Probably not the greatest of games um, overall. I thought the second half was quite good. Um, Obviously, the introduction of Dembele was was one of the the highlights. But um, I actually thought uh, Mikey Johnson and also Ewan Henderson, who I think deserves a, a lot of a lot of plaudits, and probably hasn't got them as much because of the other two youngsters. But um, I thought they were they were all really really encouraging for the future, and hoping to see hoping to see more of them next season. Yeah, absolutely. Alan, thoughts? You were at the game. Yeah, it was. It wasn't great. To watch at times, um, it, it's good to see emerging young talent. You know, we had six players in that starting lineup under age of twenty-two. Um, Who were the six? And I'm not being a dick. I just Ewan Henderson, Ewan Henderson, uh, Mikey Johnson, Ralston. Um, yeah, Ralston. I'm, I'm really glad he's under the age of twenty-two because um, he really struggled yesterday. Um, aside from that, I have. I told Jan's not under twenty-two. Is it not? He's about sixty-five. Have you seen his hairline? She's very, very poor for a, for a young man. Um, across the back, um, Benkovic would be under age of twenty-two as well. Yeah, and yeah, that's fine. Um, that's <laughs> that'll enough. Do. That'll do. Um, but yeah, so we had a young sort of lineup. Um, you're going to write them down, now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to shout in in about a minute when it when it comes to this. So um, just ignore me, Daniel. Your thoughts on on these sort of end of season last games? They're never very good, are they? I mean, one of the most exciting things in recent seasons has just been to see some young players. I mean, we had the Aitchison game and Dyla's last ever game. And, you know, it was like Ryan Christie played, you know. Ryan Christie scored, didn't he? Scored, yeah. We hadn't really seen... He played up front as well, didn't he? That's right, yeah. We hadn't really seen... He'd be under age of 22 this year. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um, yeah, we hadn't really seen too much of uh, too much of Christie when he played that time. So, some, I mean, that's quite good for that. You yeah, know, I disagree with people who were annoyed. If there was anyone annoyed, I don't know. There was a about, couple of people, yeah, about playing the likes of Henderson and stuff. And I actually, I thought, although it wasn't vintage, kind of like Louis was suggesting, I think 
there were good periods. There were some nice little periods of one-touch play and little triangles. I think with the younger guys playing, I also think with Noel Brown and the team, the, the movement in the middle of the park was a lot faster, a lot more fluid. Yeah. Um, I think if you watched, Louis doing a massive head nod. I think if you watched Sinclair off the ball and, and, and Henderson off the ball and, and Johnson as well, you know, I, th- I think there was a lot of... A lot of nice football because there was a lot more movement. It felt like maybe that was because Beaton was in the team rather than Brown playing in that deep role, and he can kind of recycle play a bit faster because he's he's better at passing the ball forward than Brown is. Um, so there were little periods that were good, but there were obviously long periods as well where there was no kind of penetration at all. Yeah, um, I, I think we missed a you know we missed a striker. We didn't really have a striker, obviously. Um, Mikey Johnson, I think, in the second half kind of went in central, uh, more central. Um, We'll get, as I said, we'll get to this squad breakdown. But um, there was some nice periods. There was about when Dembele came on, the, the, the stadium went bananas, and it was really there was a massive lift. Um, Len- Lennon essentially bagged Dembele, didn't he? <laughs> he was just like, I'm putting him out. It was him. It was me that gave him his, his debut. Yeah, bagged him. So um, that no one, no one else could. So that when Davy Moyes rocks up, he can't do it. Fair play. Yeah, fair play. Um, what did you think of what did you think of Dembele's play? Oh, like, and he was only on for a small period of time. Well, he was on for the second half, I guess. Well, yeah, he was. He was on for the whole, sec- yeah, whole second half. I, I thought he he played with such a maturity um, that I didn't expect. I thought he would be really over eager to impress, like we've seen some players come in um, and try and do. Even if you think of the likes of Charlie Masonda recently came in and one of his first. First game, can't remember who we were against at uh, Hearts. I think Celtic Park was, was it Hearts, Hearts as well. And he was, you know, full of tricks and stuff, but nothing actually coming off. Um, obviously, trying a wee bit too hard to impress. Whereas Dembele, he was quite happy to play passes and keep the ball, go- keep keep play moving. And um, he, he looked to me like a player who who knew how good he was. I think he, I think he understands that. He really is something special, and yeah. without an arrogance, I think he just believes in himself. And you could tell that he was there. He, he wasn't there for for one game as like a big headline act. He was he was there because he wants to be part of the team and, and show that he should be part of the team. Don't get me wrong, he is tiny and he's going to struggle with with the physical side of things going forward. He, he, can he be in the squad every week at this point? I doubt that, but I think he. he it was more the mental attitude that he showed was was so impressive to me. Yeah, Alan thought. What I quite liked um, about watching Dembele yesterday, both on and off the ball, was that he was able to. It maybe helped that there was other guys in the team that he's played with at, at the um, the under twenties this this season, um, because when he came on, he understood and he actually started to draw Ralston up a bit. Because as I said, Ralston had a tough time yesterday. He's not played a lot of first team football. Um, and in the second half, when I think Dembele came on, he started encouraging him forward, and you could actually see him making space, not for himself, but actually to open up that right-hand side channel, and to see a kind of 16-year-old, um, you know, Louis, you're obviously, as, as a teacher, I'm sure you can maybe attest how difficult it would be to, to teach people that age, but to play against professionals, yeah, the hearts of the young team as well, but that kind of awareness, um, that's very difficult to educate um, and, and it's really good to see a player like that understanding that he's both got a responsibility on the ball, which he did very, very well, also off the ball, making runs for other people, 
um, trying to draw players with him, and he did attract a lot of attention. Um, as I said in the live lunch on Friday, the physical aspect for me, that's unless there is a you know magnificent growth spurt, that is the way his game is going to have to be based around. So he will be aware of that. He'll probably have played against people that are bigger than him since he was 10, 11. Yeah. And for me, that is going to be his game. Um, if he truly is a top-level talent, that's not a problem that he is not a physical player. You just need to then understand that that is the way he plays and you need to adjust your team to make sure that you can then accommodate that. Because if it's if he is a truly you know, prodigious talent, then you just need to nurture that and say that is there is going to be an aspect of his game that we need to manage and if that's the physical side of it and you know he's not going to be able to help you defensively and you might struggle, then you just need to deal with that and work with that because truly talented players are very few and far between. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I liked, I think you make a good point about the sort of uh, maturity of it. Um, like there was times when he'd receive the ball and he wasn't in a position to beat his man and he would just pass it back mm-hmm. or he would pass it inside or he was smart enough to know I'm going to. I can't take this guy on at this position. So I think that is a very. That's a really great maturity. Do you know the 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 one player who I think he's very like in that way, and someone who clearly has been a massive mentor for him, and who came back to watch him at the weekend was Musa Dembele. I think Musa Dembele has had a big effect on that boy. Yeah, I definitely because he's the same. Like you, you see them when you used to watch Dembele, see pictures of him in, in training and before games or even during games. He some some people called him lazy at times, but I think I don't think it was laziness. I think he knew what he was capable of, knew the job he had to do, and was very serious about his career and his progression. And I think young Dembele is exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I agree with the maturity point. Also, I think it's probably a testament to the coaches that he's had as well that have taken advantage of that. Obviously, there's a lot of kids that age that it would be difficult to coach that into, but you still need to coach them. Yeah. And he's obviously had that, which is a good sign for Celtic's academy in general. Definitely. Um, with this crop of youngsters coming through. Daniel, what was your thoughts on... Um, for me, I'll just jump in. Briefly, for me, I thought um, Mikey Johnson was was excellent. Um, you know, the headlines have been Keramoko Dembele, and rightly so in, in, in a lot of ways, but Mikey Johnson just has... He's had it tough this season because he's came in, and when he's came in, he's, he's played well. Um, he's been out the team, he's been out the squad for, for long periods as well. Brought in the Ibrooks game um, in December um, was tough for him, um, playing that lone striker role when he's not a striker. Um, he got he got some flack for that, which I think was completely uncalled for. The game, <clears throat> the last Rangers game, there was some slack. He got slack for that as well. Again, I don't think that was his prob- his you know his decision to play that position, obviously, and and how he played it. It's a position he's never played before. But I just think that Mikey Johnson. Uh, let me ask you this, Daniel: Should Mikey Johnson get the opportunity next season, or would you farm him out on loan? No, a hundred percent, he should get the opportunity. I think Mikey Johnson instead of Scott Sinclair, basically. Right, so you would... Straight in there. Straight in there. I think he's really talented. And I think, I actually think, although I agree with you, I agree with you about the the most recent Ibrox game. He really struggled and he was playing out of position. But I actually don't think he was as bad as people made out in December. I think people gave him, there was a bit of flight, but there was also a little bit of, you know, I feel sorry for him in this situation getting thrown in. But I actually thought there were little periods of that game where 
given the occasion, given how the rest of the team played, I actually thought he did okay. Aye, I think he was on a heighten to nothing being yeah. in that position. Um, would you, what about you, Lee? Would you be keen to keep Johnson or farm out, farm him out? Or no, no, I, I, I definitely want him to stay. I think, um, I think Johnson and um, the likes of Henderson, no, probably come on to talk about him, but he for me is my favourite one of the youngsters. Um, I think they need. I think it, it, it would be a good decision to keep them and bring you know bring them up in the, the kind of environment of better players. Yes, you could loan them out. Um, I mean, we've seen it work with Ayer going to Kilmarnock, for example. McGregor, um, but McGregor, yep. Yeah, but I, I think they're at a different. I think they're at a different level and a different point. I think they're ready to play for Celtic. Okay, not every game, but I think the likes of Johnson is ready to play a significant uh, role in, in this team. The only thing I think, I think they all need to go through the Kieran Tierney growth spot. I think KT, when you remember when he came into the team, obviously it was a necessity and he, he played in that European game, but he was just a skinny wee guy and putting himself about with absolutely no fear, but f- physically he, he wasn't ready for you know, top level football. But now when you look at him, he is a total athlete. And uh, you he, went, know. he went training with Chris Bungard, I think, you know, the, the, the Bellator fighter. He's yeah, from that, Bridge as well. Don't and, know who that is. But, the, the, uh, the thing is, that's not, you know, as you say, a gross spots one way, but no, that's, that's determination. That's effort. Yeah. That is sheer commitment to wanting to be the best that you possibly can but be. I, I think Mikey Johnson, for example, I, th- I think if he can, if he can add that, like the classic example would be Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale was similar. Then he just suddenly, over the course of a season, became athlete Gareth Bale, and suddenly he was fired into the upper echelons of of players and, and getting a dream move. Don't get me wrong; it's an age and stage thing as well. You can't just turn into that overnight. But I think if sorry, what was that age and stage? Age and stage. I've never heard of that. I love it. Talk me through it. It's. Basically, the age he's at and uh, the stage he's at. Did you just make that up? No, it's a thing. Right, I like it. Sorry, I, I may sound like an idiot. Maybe, maybe it's a teaching thing. Can, can I just add, though, that if Mikey Johnson does do that and develops like Bale, can we make sure that he doesn't have this haircut situation that Bale clearly, um, you know, he looks like he's had a summer abroad and he's come back and he's got the, is that the, the man bun. And also, yes. make sure he doesn't get into golf because apparently Gareth Bale's really into golf. They all make fun of him. And I'll be retweeting that, don't you, one about that? With a, <laughs> golf. With golf. Um, but also Gareth Bale d- doesn't speak Spanish, or I don't think he's very integrated very well, um, from what I'm led to believe. Um, Brits abroad, etc. etc. Likes the Tetley tea bags. Likes, uh, loves only fools and horses. Don't yeah, you know, full English. I mean, this game, as we said, we'll get to you and Henderson in a moment, but this game, uh, a lot of comparisons... For me, with uh, I think it was Dal Gleish's last game, not in terms of where we were winning trophies or where we were in the league, but I think Dal Gleish's last game, he played John Kennedy, he played Simon Lynch, um, I don't know if Jamie Smith was there at that point, but he played three or four youngsters, and you looked at these youngsters, and um, it was a, a, a very similar situation, but John Kennedy, you looked at him and you thought, that's that's a player, there's definitely something, there's something about this boy at 16. Um, he was quite physically big, obviously, he had that. But you just looked at him and you were like, that's great. Uh, out of those, see, out of Ewan Henderson and Dembele, who do you think's got more of it? Ewan Henderson, Dembele and Johnson, I know they're all at different stages, of course, but over the next year, what? 
Ages and stages. Ages and stages. Shit. Should have used that. It's ages and stages, of course. Um, Alan, who drinks get more of a chance of playing more games next season? Because obviously, central midfield is a tough situation to get into. Um, Dembele and obviously Dembele and Johnson are probably wide players um, but there's a lot, with that comes a lot of responsibility who, who do you think is getting the more, most opportunity who's got the biggest opportunity to grab well for me I think when you look at our squad if you're thinking about specifically our squad I think next year I think Mickey Johnson's got a really good shot of having an impact in the first team next year um, he, he might even have an impact on Saturday there's probably two spaces up for grabs in the cup final squad or the first team Injuries aside, and what, what it's probably well left midfield, um, Sinclair, Hayes, or Johnston, or potentially Calmack, which I think he might end up doing, um, or the number 10 position, which kind of Roderick struggled with, and then Champ oh, came in and lovely, actually played please. quite well at the weekend. And for me, Johnston made a real impact. If he didn't start that game on um, Sunday, then we wouldn't have won that game. Yeah, so I think he at the ages at the development stages at. I think that he can make an impact next season. That's not to say he's a starter, but he is a player of Maybe 25 ability. games next season? It's about how he impacts um, certain games, and I think at the moment he's... Can you give me a number, maybe 24 games? I think he'll play 27, really. 27? And I think, but I think 18 will be off the bench. You know, he'll get the League Cup games. That's, that's happy. Um, yeah. L- Louis, uh, your Rogic rebuttal? Uh, no, I'd, I'd agree. Um, <laughs> what? I think... Uh, New hair, new a new insight. I'll be honest. I think if if we are looking for a a number ten for the weekend for the cup final, Hendo's your boy. <laughs> so Henderson over. I'm serious. Eh? I, I, I've really been so impressed with Henderson. I think he he looks like. He's got the hardest job at all of them to get in the team. Like he has, a long he time, has, and and. Uh, it's 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 not an easy it's not an easy role to play. Um, Tam is is it's not been his season. He's not been able to get going at all. Who knows what what the reason is for that? Obviously, World Cup. he was out. For World Cup. Obviously, World Cup. he was out um, for so long with injury and things like that. But he is clearly off the boil and. It's it's a gamble. It's one of those things you could put him in. We know how good he is at Hamden. We know how he, how good he is in these these big games. But has he done it recently? No, he hasn't. And I don't think you can argue with him not starting the game. I think if you're going purely on form, then he wouldn't feature. And then we need someone. I think we need someone creative in the midfield. Um, Are you okay? Huh? I'm fine. I've I've came to terms with this. This I, I took a week off last week because I was emotional. Do you know that next week Chris Armani is going to rip strips off you just to be aware? That, but see, this is this is the thing, Christopher. <laughs> right? I can have a, a unbiased view of things. Right? <laughs> Form is an important thing. <laughs> You're the flip, and he's the flop. Right? That clown. He's not. He he'll change his mind about everything. He's probably a Tam fan right now. Because you're not, I. Because I'm not, yeah. Um, but no, can we talk about Hendo now? Yeah, I want to get Daniel's thoughts on Henderson. For the cup final? No, not I for the cup final yet, but in just in general. In general, I, th- I think he's really good. Um, he's actually impressed me probably more than Liam ever did um, already. You think I, so? I was never really sold on Liam Henderson. He had that little run in the team in one of the Rogers seasons, and he just didn't really... He scored again. I remember he scored a great goal in Perth against St Johnston. Mm. Um, he never. I, yeah, I think the pass for Gaudet. 
Of course, wonderful, phenomenal. That was good. The uh, Liam uh, Henderson interview is available um, on Ninety Minutes Cynic. If you check check back, it's a couple of months ago, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Graham McKay, Mackay. <laughs> White and um, did a terrific job. Went over to Italy, see him. So check it out. So Ewan, where would you? Would you? Uh, Louis mentioned Lewin be, uh, Ewan maybe being in the number ten. Um, the link up for the goal, um, the first goal for Delicious. was was genuinely fantastic. Tamesque. Would you see him as a number ten, or would you see him a bit deeper? Or no, I would see him as a number ten. I think maybe that's the difference between he, him and Liam. Maybe Liam is a little bit deeper in that kind of central role, a little bit more of a number six, someone that can spray the ball a wee bit more. Maybe yeah. that's more what he's good at, and I think Ewan's maybe a little bit more agile, a little bit more skillful, or a couple of nice wee bits of skill at the weekend. And Feet. He's got feet. He does have feet. Um, feet to rival Rogic. I think I think Henderson in Italy is playing a little bit further forward than he did is here. He? he scored really? a number of goals as well. Um, Alan, do you want to dominate these two wee guys with our shit about Henderson being a number 10? I think at the weekend, uh, he, he won't get a start in the cup final. Um, he, he did do very well with the weekend there, and he does look like a very talented player. I think it's a wee bit unfair to kind of always look at him in the prism of his brother as well. Um, it might be quite helpful for headlines and whatnot, but it's maybe a wee bit harsh in terms I'm of them. Especially if um, Liam listens, which I'm almost certain he doesn't. Um, <laughs> but I, I think he is. I, I think with Liam Henderson again, no, um, Ewan Henderson, sorry, is. Oh, what oh, we need, don't compare it to his brother. What, what a dick. What we need to do... <laughs> to make headlines. Yeah, what we really need to do is, is make sure these guys are getting minutes. And it was good. That I think you really have to give Lennon credit for the weekend because he, he did pick a team that was A, able to win the game, but also to give guys who clearly need minutes that time and I think the guys who are on the bench you will maybe hoping to see um, Daniel Church um, Stephen Welsh it, it, was it was unfortunate not to see them but I also think it's about how hard you work and it, it should be seen as a reward as well if you're ready for that time you'll get it and if maybe you're not it maybe gives an indication of, of where they feel they're at with their development I've, I've seen Daniel Church I've seen a few not a lot I'm not going to kid on I have I've seen a couple of development games and Daniel Church's quite highly regarded at Celtic um, and it'd be good to see if you know pre-season's coming up let's give them some I mean I'm sure they will anyway but the new manager coming in is obviously going to have an, an overview look at the, the squad and hopefully some of these guys get an opportunity even if it is just f- friendlies and stuff because I think a lot of the time when you have that smaller squad or that bigger squad and you've got guys like uh, I don't know we've had guys like Johnny Hayes and, and Bitton and they've came in at times when we've needed them to but there are set, there are set, what are you going to say? It, but it's a shame for Daniel, Daniel Church next year because we're going to bring in Leighton Baines um, and he'll be flying up and down that left-hand side <laughs> <laughs> under the, the management oh, team that we've David got. Boys, so. Jesus <laughs> um, Louis, your thoughts on uh, Scott Bain? Still on the Bain train or are you throwing... Oh, oh the, of course, the you'll, you, train under you'll the be off the train now he's made one mistake, of course. <laughs> I'm um, not, absolutely not off the train. No, um, he's going to make a mistake, it's better to make a mistake in that sort of game than the qualifiers. Yeah, example. Uh, see, this is this is the problem with a flip floppers. It's you know, one, one performance changes your whole viewpoint on them. For me, I think Scott Bain, yes, he made a mistake, but players make mistakes and we move on. It was, um, it was a ridiculous finish. Oh, it was a good finish, yeah. For, for, that, for, that, for that goal, it was ridiculous. He, he probably, nine times out of ten, he probably would have got away with that. But um, That's pretty but much yeah. the only place he could have put that in the net. Because yeah, Ayer's on exactly. the line and yeah. Bain is in his way. So. I think Bain has been, Bain's been a huge find this season. I think but putting him in when, remember, Gordon had was 
shitting himself every week and you know shitting the bed and we brought in wow. Scott Bain and there was so many question marks everybody had question marks even if you know pe- people who backed him we didn't really know what to expect and he's not the tallest of keepers and everybody thought you know maybe is he going to cut it he's done exceptionally well and done has. very very well since he came into the team and I think that's one position where guaranteed for next season for me anyway Scott Bain's your number one and we might bring in an keeper because I think the other two are going to leave but um, I think Scott Bain has to be your number one and that's that's at least one thing we know for certain going forward for next year I, I was a massive um, I had a lot of unanswered questions because I'd seen him a few times I'd seen him for Aloha I'd seen him for Dundee and I'd seen him make mistakes but you'd seen him on the building site seen him on the <laughs> no worries um, but the, the fact is you've thrown me up my, my chain of thought it's, it's ridiculous yes um, no I've got, I've got it um, the fact is every question that's been thrown at Bain at least this season he's answered and he's answered really well my biggest criticism of him was I didn't think he was the best shot stopper I still think that's still one of his weaknesses um, but he's he's made some really tremendous saves so I'm happy for Bain to start the qualifiers as number one if, if we could, if we could convince Gordon to stay, is not. I think Craig Gordon wants to play football because he missed out on so much for such a long time. I think he wants to extend his playing career as long as he can. So if you say to Craig Gordon, look, you've got uh, how long has he got left in his contract? Do you know, Alan? Uh, next year, Craig Gordon's contract. Okay, so you get a year, you get a year left. Will you basically sit on the bench next season? Um, and if Craig Gordon said yes, I think Craig Gordon is a terrific backup goalkeeper. I don't want him as my number one anymore. I think, I think he can't play with the ball at his feet to the point now where it's becoming a massive, massive um, problem for us. And so, yeah, a new keeper will need to come in, but Bain starts as number one. I wouldn't have an issue with it. I would like to see us bring in a goalkeeper. Um, I think the point Louis made at the start um, is is quite right that one mistake um, he didn't have a great week the week before Ibrox as well I think we probably have to remember it's about how he reacts to this but yeah. you don't decide not to stick with the way that we have been playing all season because you make one mistake it's the same with the centre-halves yeah. I was made a few mistakes this, this season but that's fine if you're going to pass a ball across the back then what you need to understand is, is that at some point in the season you may make mistakes and you need to accept that at the start and say well it's not our intention but if we do we're not going to then decide to abandon the whole idea of playing out because of one mistake because look at the outcome of the way that's been over the last three years and that's really important to remember that granted you don't want to do it and it it always looks horrible when it happens because people say well if he would have got rid of it and punted it it wouldn't have happened but he's been criticised for for booting it long just now exactly far too much but that's not something he was doing under the the previous manager that's clearly something I think he's been told his long kicking isn't great Whereas his no. short kicking's terrific. Yeah. But then but then it's his mid range kicking. It's good, yeah. It's terrific. Yeah. And and that that's playing it out to, to the full back, kinda further up the pitch, he was very comfortable doing that. Well that's um, what that's what he goes to do for the goal. Yeah. You can see him kinda bring it on his left and then um what is it, Toyan at left back, he's he's there and he looks as though he's gonna spray it and then the, whoever presses him does it a bit but also he's put in like a really tough situation because Beaton on the lead up to the goal Beaton plays that terrible pass back to Ayer then Ayer's stuck in a situation where he can only pass it to Bain that's his only option Yeah. so Hearts know straight away right now now we press, press them yeah. so Ayer goes back to Bain which is predictable because it was the only option and Bain has been pressed he probably should have been quicker in terms of letting it come across him and spraying it out wide but what's your, what's your, really what's your thoughts on Bain? 
I was kind of similar to you in that I, I kind of had that thought of if we could combine Craig Gordon's hands and Deep Scott Bain's feet. feet. Yeah. But but he's actually really impressed me in terms of his shot slopping too. Um, I don't know how convinced I am in terms of his command of the box, in terms of coming out for crosses and things like that. Um, I can't really, I don't really have an opinion on that yet, I don't think, but I think his shot stopping's actually been really good. His performance away at Valencia, he pulled off two or three absolutely terrific saves in that yeah. game. I, I like him, I like him a lot, um, and I think he deserves his opportunity. The, essentially what we're seeing right now is that the gloves are his, and um, to put Craig Gordon out is, is quite, a, quite a feat, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, before we move on, uh, Anthony Ralston um, is a young man that to be fair to him, hasn't had a lot of football. Um, he's been in and out of the team. I think he had an injury as well. I, I just, I personally, I, I've never thought he's he's been good enough to be the, the the number one right back at Celtic, and nothing really changes. His performance yesterday at times. Thoughts? I don't want to be a dick. That <laughs> was dire. He's, 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 he's just not got it. He's not good enough. That, that was that was a terrible, terrible performance yesterday. He's got absolutely no quality on the ball, none whatsoever. No, um, I feel, I feel, I feel, ba- I do feel bad saying it because, you know, I think he was one another one that came through the development squads and had a lot of, you know, he was getting a lot of praise at the time and there was high hopes for him and everything the right hand side is the right side of KT a lot of people were saying but that's probably that that was probably unfair on him as well to be fair Um, but yeah he's definitely not cut out for it and I think he'll be one that will move on this summer to to get some uh, to to find a team that will play he'll play full time because it's not going to happen in Celtic he just he just looks a bit not even his backup. He just looks a bit under pressure. Like when he's on, when he's in positionally, he doesn't necessarily. I don't think he knows the role at that level, and that's tough. I think he had a really tough game yesterday, um, and, and kind of like Louis said, I did feel a little bit for him then because you, we really want guys who yeah. come out from the development team. We really want them to do well. I think everybody agrees with that. It was probably up against um, Mulroney though, who is kind of fighting for that place in the cup final team as well, and who played really, really well yeah, on the day. Really so game, yeah. I think of all the Hearts players to be up against, I think he probably had the toughest job yesterday. Uh, and it was more going forward, though. His control of the ball at times it's was crossing. Quite, There was the bit um, where we got basically into a really good position. We played some nice interplay, got into a really good position, and his cross, under no pressure, was just straight over the bar. And it's like, well, to be fair, that's not just him, though. We've got we've two full-backs who can't cross the ball, Daniel. We mm-hmm. get, we've got wingers who can't cross the ball. Some of them can't cross the ball. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean, but... I think he. I think his level will be a team. I'm not saying he, you know he could play in the Premiership. He could play, but I think his level will be a team like a a team that don't expect their fullbacks to bomb forward. A team that that have they're a little more reserved in yeah. that sense. Rangers, Rangers, essentially. <laughs> um, I was going to say Hamilton. Pretty much the same thing. Yes, is that all? It it do well to to go back to like a Dundee United where where he was on loan, mm-hmm. so, somewhere like that. If they get promotion, promotion or a Dundee, yeah. a big club, a big pretty big club, but maybe not being thrown yeah. in at that. He, he could probably he could probably do a, a full season in the Championship, playing week in week out for mm-hmm. for a team that are vying for promotion. I think that would be a really good career move for him. But he's getting to the point where I think it would be. Out, 
it wouldn't be in his best interest to stay at Celtic because he's not going to get the game time that he needs. Yeah, I think my biggest issue I have with guys like Ralston and guys like Johnson and guys like Henderson is they come in, they play two or three games and then you don't see them again for four months and that's not healthy. But that's the thing. Ralston had a tough day yesterday, as I said, but I have seen him play better. Yeah. I've seen him play better for Celtic and it's very difficult when you're A, coming back from a, a long-term injury to then come back into the side and I don't think he's had any minutes off the bench if I, if, to then come in and start the game and play... 90 minutes as well um, you kind of need to take your chance when it comes but for him not to get any time at all I found it odd that we did start Tolian yesterday as well um, I know that we really wanted to win the game but I mean he came in for a lot of criticism at left back but, but that's not his natural position I know people say well he's a, a full back but it is really hard to play on the exact opposite side when you have developed your game playing entirely on the right for your whole career especially when we know it's highly unlikely he's going to be here next year I, I would have liked to have seen us maybe go with another option at left back yesterday. I mean, that's the thing, though. Sorry, Daniel, guys. I was just going to say, to be fair, I'm pretty sure, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure I had read that Toyan had played at left back at points in his career as well. Ah, right. Okay. I don't think that was like his. I mean, mm-hmm. he's obviously naturally a right back, yeah. but I don't think it was his first yeah. time yeah. at left back. What we'd say is um, right back or left back, Toljan is shit. Oh, God. I'm getting the t shirts out of the box. Uh, <laughs> Where is my right back? The merch is uh, on sale now. You're going to need two. Yeah, no, to be fair, was my fullbacks um where's my manager oh and with that oh by the way just before celtic are champions which is amazing um eight in a row which you know my pal big john turned to me yesterday the game and he went did you ever think you'd see celtic win eight titles in a row and i really didn't because you know back in back in for the you know the 90s go say it i wasn't wasn't going to say that do you not think what was that all about with neil Lennon? i found that offensive Mm. what just all that shit about the new breed of fans and you know they don't remember the 90s and all that he's trying to lower the expectations for himself that was insulting it was a it was a stupid i think i I honestly found that insulting i mean i i I don't think there was a need to you know can I was born in 1990. I, rem- I remember. I remember the 90s. I was a wee guy, but I remember the 90s. Does that you know? Can I just make a point though? I was going to say back in even like 2006 under Strachan and stuff, but you never knew. Like you won one title and you didn't know what was going to happen the next season. And now that were Rangers financially doping? Absolutely. That's why you never knew what was going to happen the next season. If if it was all fair and equal, then you know we probably would be on about 12 in a row right now because we are pure. Pure of heart. Brilliant. That sounds a little bit Aryan. It does. I don't know if but I'm on board. We're pure of heart in mm. terms of equality for everyone and Better. creeds and colours and everyone's pure welcome. Saved it. Everyone's well, equal. Saved it. Yeah, saved it. As long as they know everyone's equal, as long as they know we're better than them. Aye, that's it. That's Aye. the kind of thing that you you're get going for. Daniel, you get the fucking uniform sorted and I'll, uh, I'll get the matches organised. Um, Louis, you watch it with those milkshakes. Um, he has died to see a blonde. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> Uh, but so obviously we, we, we've got it in a row. We'll, we'll do a we'll do a kind of end of season. I think we'll do an end of season awards, um, and I'd like you to host that, Louis. Aye, tuxedos, the whole lot, keys. the cynic awards. I get to pick the panel, though. Sure, that's absolutely fine. Yep, you, just you, you and a mirror. <laughs> no, <You> and a <laughs> mirror. not just me. You can record both sides of it, of course. Hmm. Um, but no, I. So we'll do. We'll kind of look back at the highlights of the season, and um, that should be a lot, a lot of fun. Just before we go on to the squad breakdown, manager chat, is there any update? What's happening? Who are the favourites? I'll tell you the bookies' favourite right now. So whilst Louis is looking at that, um, it's going to be really last depressing. 
It's yeah, horrible. The last that I've had, and this is just in the group chat, which is um, changed every day, and the mood of it seems to get worse <laughs> every day. It started off when we're in Yon, we're now at kind of Moyes. Um, apparently now AVB is now back in the frame because Rafa definitely said no, which I'm not going to lie, it's heartbreaking because I spent the full weekend getting myself psyched up about Rafa. And then I spent today trying to get psyched up about Moyes, but it wasn't really very successful. It's not really possible, is it? It's like trying to get psyched up about mayonnaise. I love mayonnaise, man. Mayonnaise. The, the, the Smashing Pumpkins tune, that's one of their best that's songs. That's so good point. Good that's point very good. Uh, Daniel, who's your, who's your pick? And, no, your pick is Jokanovic, isn't it? Well, do you mean realistic? who do I think or who would I want? Your pick and your realistic pick. I, th- I think I've been saying Jokanovic since the day Rodgers left basically, um, because I think he is the sort of choice that would be realistic, someone that would say yes, given the right conditions. And I think played some fantastic football in the Championship. Yeah. and you know, so It didn't go right in the Premier League, but then it didn't go right under Ranieri either, so that kind of tells you that it wasn't just the manager, I yeah. think. Um, I think there are a lot of good things about him, and, and I've been sort of talking about it for about three months now, but I just don't see Celtic going for someone like that. He's not been talked about. At all. No, it's not even been linked at all. Um, so I just, it doesn't seem like that would happen. I actually have quietly quite a good feeling about it. Uh, I, I sort of think they are going to pull it out of the bag, and I'm normally quite a pessimist with these things. But I don't think the Villas Boas thing, I was saying it to the guys before we came on, I, I don't think it's the most unrealistic choice. I think out of all those kind of quote unquote blockbuster names, if you want to include him amongst that, he is the one that is at least semi-realistic. And I think some of the conditions for him coming to take the job are similar to Rogers, um, and that he's got a bit of a reputation to rebuild. He's been out of the game for a while. Even the last three years of his management career were in China and Russia, which are kind of seen as graveyards for, for top managers, really. Places you go just for money. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think his reputation in England would get him anywhere near a like, top six job right now if that was what he wanted. Um, I think basically he'd be looking, the best thing he would be looking at is maybe going back to Porto or something if that was going to happen. But it doesn't look very likely that that job's going to come up. How does AVB suit with you? Um, I think it's a risk. I, I, yes, he's done he's done well in the past, but he's not been in management for a wee while. And as you say, he's been... He's been kind of out of the, the European game for quite some time. I think... I think again, AVB. Yes, he's he's a name, but um, and don't get me wrong, has credentials. But I do think there's an element of risk with AVB as well, as does probably going to be with any candidate that comes to Celtic right now, because with the exception probably of Rafa. Um, Who, who's your who's your who's your choice? Though? If Who, I could choose anybody, yeah, um, it, would, it would be Benitez. Yeah, um, but sadly, I just don't. I just don't see it happening. I do, I do similarly. I do think. I I do think we will pull it out the bag and get someone of a high calibre because uh, something that um, Alan mentioned earlier was the share price. The business side of the club has it's in the has, clubs, but is it bit business? It's in their um, sorry, their right or their fucking uh, remit. Remit. I don't know. I wanted to say they've got a taste for this before. Hiring a blockbuster manager makes you a lot of money. Oh, that's yeah, it happened I'd, three years ago. I'd, They'll know. Yeah, I think for from Peter Lowell's it's point of view... Their, it's within their best interest. That's yeah. the one. But I think um, Peter Lowell will be yeah. mindful of that. I think we've 
we've messed about with project managers before, namely Dyla, and I think there's there's pressure on. I mean, th- this will be the ten in a row is a career defining moment for Peter Law. So it 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 has his whole legacy depends on ten in a row. If he chooses the wrong manager and we don't deliver it it will fall on him and it will probably be the end of his Celtic career. But I think as a as a business, from the money men point of view, and that's usually the thing that we always have a big grievance about, is the fact that we have money put away and we don't spend it and the, the border tight and all that sort of thing. But the border equally looking at the share price, the highest it's ever been, we're pulling in more money than we've ever pulled in. If they get this appointment wrong, that share price goes down immediately it starts affecting the business side of it as well and and that's not good so that's kind of keeping me a wee bit more buoyant about it being a big name Alan I I think from the the point of view of making an appointment whoever we appoint you you never know if someone's going to succeed I think what the the board Peter Law Dermot Desmond have to consider is is who they appoint how they can then rationalise that by saying that this is the person that we feel is the best fit and I think that you could make an argument for a lot of the names. My ideal would be Rafa Benitez. I think the problem with that is is that we are relying upon um, Lee Charnley or Mike Ashley to make an absolute mess of it because I think his default position is that he will want to stay in Newcastle. But with those guys, Lee Charnley, Mike Ashley, there is always a potential that Rafa might not sign a new contract and that would be horrendous for Newcastle, but potentially great for us. And I think it would be an appointment that you would need to back with investment, but that would the whole club and the fan base would really get behind that. As you start going down, the risk gets higher. AVB, I, I think I could get on board with that, absolutely. There's a lot of other names flying about. I think, though, I, I, I think we'll be sitting here next week and I do think that David Moyes will be the manager. Fuck. And the, what we're looking at and what I'm trying to think is today the, the way that we get behind that. And I think the one thing that would potentially stop it, I, I think if it didn't work out and Celtic didn't win the league next year, I think it would have to sit on the board because there is really nothing in David Moyes's... I, I don't want to be harsh because he, I, I've got a lot of respect for him. Um, he seems like a very professional person I think he would demand a lot from players but I get the impression that if you look at his career I don't know how you can look back and then say this man put us in a position to succeed because his career has is based entirely on a, a, a long 11 years at Everton in which he took them to a consistently good finish in the Premier League didn't win took them in the Champions League didn't win a well, he took them to the qualifiers. The qualifiers they, they yeah. took them into and the qualifiers. That's I think a, they get a tough draw against Villarreal. Villarreal put them out. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I just don't see how you can defend that appointment. And I think they may struggle. I mean, you're not going to see the same scenes as when Brendan Rodgers was yeah. appointed. You're not going to have the main stand full um, of people to support them. If we're sitting here next week, you're absolutely going to get behind it. But I think it would very quickly, if, say, we didn't qualify for the Champions League, I think it could very quickly turn. And I think, whereas if you do go for one of the other guys who has a more um, identifiable philosophy of football, and I know people will be sighing here in that expression, philosophy, but you look at all the top managers in Europe at the moment, they have a very clear way of playing and they make it known that that is. David Moyes is a very functional manager and he, he, he was very good at it. Sounds like jobby. But he works, <laughs> he works well with the players <laughs> that he's got and he did that well at Everton. But I just think some of these other guys might come in and actually demand something. 
Yeah. I think there's a real point what you said about r- having to rationalise the appointment because they've kind of, and I think we've talked, well, you guys have talked about this on the pod recently, they've kind of made a rod for their own backs by appointing Lennon in the first place because now it becomes, well, if he's won the league, if he wins the Scottish Cup and you appoint someone else, you really need to appoint someone mm-hmm. that is a clearly higher standard of manager. Yeah. And if you appoint someone like David Moyes or someone uninspiring, then if it starts off badly, you've made the rod for your own back because people will turn around and say, well, why don't you just give it to Lennon? Yeah, Lennon's, you know? won, won, Lennon's won titles, Lennon's done stuff in Europe. Mm-hmm. What's David Moyes ever done? Well, well for, that, that's, for what me, people, that's what people's rational... The, the one thing I would say is for what it is worth, I, I do think if it was a straight choice, and, and, and I don't know, I kind of keep always prefacing it by saying that I really like Neil Lennon and he's a club legend, but if it was a straight choice between Neil Lennon and David Moyes, I, I would probably pick David Moyes at this point in time, yeah. purely because I think he would demand a a higher standard from the players in terms of day-to-day. Whether or not he can, over the course of two or three years, win things is yet to be seen. Whereas Neil Lennon can say, well, I have won things and I have won things at this club. So I can completely understand why people would disagree. David Moyes is undoubtedly a bigger name than Neil Lennon. You don't become the Manchester United manager. I mean, he had a a full board at Manchester United that thought he was the successor there. Sir Ferguson, Alex Ferguson so, was the one as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's undoubtedly would be a bigger appointment, I think, than Neil Lennon, whether we like it or not. But um, I also think if, if Neil Lennon was going to get it, he would have known by now. Oh, yeah. And, and, I, think, and, and I think the way... Um, I, th- I thought it was a very strange interview on the pitch when they were coming out to lift the trophy, trophy you know. Um, it was like one question about how important winning is to Celtic and, and that was it. They kind of cut him off quite soon and then the whole, you know, you answered the call and, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it did feel very much like, you know, thanks for coming. Yeah. But, you know, that's it. Um, He's not one of the boys of the old brigade, do you know what I mean? He did, it was, a, it was a te- probably a text or a, a phone call. Sorry. Just as a tiny little tangent, I absolutely love this idea about him like getting credit for answering the call. It's like unemployed man is offered <laughs> a job and takes job. Nah, I can't help it. He's a right good seller, man. <sighs> but see, what I would say is when Brendan Rodgers was, uh, when the, the white smoke came out of um, Celtic Park, Louis McCaffrey messaged me and said, uh, I was in work and he's like, do you want to go up to Celtic Park? Yes. Phone, big Kieran, Joy up to Celtic Park, yes. Bowed, Joy up to Celtic Park. We drove up to Celtic Park and with, what, 15,000 other people were sitting in, a, in, in Celtic Park, 15,000 of us, let's say, and there was a podium for, we waited an hour for Brendan Rodgers to come out and say, I'm the manager, yes, here's, I've, look, I've got a thing. And Being a supporter all my life. But, but, <laughs> First but time the, in the stadium. But the fact is... Frick. When we got Brendan Rodgers, he had almost won the league with Liverpool. Right, okay, I know he was unemployed, but he'd almost he'd done stuff in England to the point where you're like, this would be blockbuster. That When Martin O'Neill became the manager, we got him when he was the manager of Leicester, but he'd not, Leeds wanted him, and you know what Leeds were like at that point. But we got two managers who were blockbuster. Blockbuster for us, not necessarily blockbuster for anyone else, blockbuster for us. David Moyes, do you think we're going to get 15,000 people up there? No, no, absolutely do you, do not. You think, do you think David Moyes could do a good job? I do think David Moyes could do a good job. If David Moyes gets the managerial job, will I be disappointed? I will, but... We'll all get behind him. 
We'll get behind him because we don't have a choice. Well, that, 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 that goes without question, but it yeah. doesn't mean he's the best candidate, and that's no, my that's my yeah. concern. Yeah. But the, the other thing that I'm sure they'll, they'll be thinking about as well is, and we're going to come on to the squad in a minute, but yeah. there's got to be a huge turnaround of the squad. You're going to be entrusting a lot of money and a lot of wages to this manager unless we suddenly announce that we're going down the director of football route and all that sort of thing, but that looks unlikely unlikely right now. Um, so do they? would they turn around and say to Neil Lennon, here's, you know, here's £12 million to go transform this squad? I don't think they would. Would they do that with Davey Moyes? Maybe. Um, but I think that will be playing into their, their mind as well. Hopefully, hopefully... We we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Hopefully, my 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 big big hope for this is that they're at least doing a proper process. Mm. And I think if they interview people, they speak to people, they take their time over really trying to get this right. Whoever they settle on, obviously, will back. But as long as there's a process to it, we, and it does look as if that's happening because Neil Lennon's not going to just automatically get it. We are two titles away from destroying history, stamping the Celtic badge on Scottish football and saying, look, we own you, we dominate you. This is one of the biggest appointments that we're ever going to have. And I just hope, we just hope it's the right one. Next Monday, you know, the rumour is, you know, Monday kind of after the cup final could be the, could be the call of um, who the new manager is going to be. We'll be there, Alan. I will be in on the Celtic way. Celtic way. All, and I'll be treating it like it's St. Peter's Square. I'll be sitting there with six cans. I'll be waiting for the announcement. I'll have my, lo- my lawn chair sitting decked out right in the middle of the street. So is turning up with a fishing rod and a bucket, Jim. <laughs> uh, but hopefully Lou will be there as well. Um, I'm looking to maybe if something happens next Don't get moment, me wrong, Chris. See if it's a shit appointment, I'll be nowhere near it. Nowhere near it. He'll be no. in his house. But if it's that... Me and you. Give me glamour. Me and you. Rafa. 12 cans. Taps half. 8 in the morning. Nice sunny day. I'll keep my top on. Oh, half and half. Lot of Everton Celtics scarf. Oh, so I'm off on Monday. Yeah, I get what you're saying. See, I get so what you're we, saying. Could do, we, we could do a wee live broadcast on Monday. Um, who knows? Let's just see where we are. Okay, okay but we might bang out a podcast for you just to, to sort out. Um, so, but not if it's mice. But not if it's mice. So what, we did, what I did today, just to kind of finish off, is uh, Louis made the point about the squad. Um, so we're just kind of break, going to break down the squad today. I was looking at the the website. So what I've done is I've taken the first team squad that's on the. I know Louis loves the the Celtic website; it's his favourite thing. Um, the first team squad regard um, from the Celtic uh, FC dot net dot net. Always annoys me. Always really annoys me. It's so tin pot. Oh, it's fucking embarrassing. But so the first team squad on the the website. I broke it down. So, on the first team, on the squad page, there's 32 players. Um, if you break that down, and... It sounds like a Christian Wolf game here. It's not. It's, it's literally just who's going to be there. So, th- it's 32 players. Um, if you break it down um, with the... Take out the loans. So, the loans of Toljan, Benkovic, Arzani, and Burke. Arzani might have a question mark because I don't... People are saying he's still going to be there. He is. I is think. He it's a two-year loan. Okay, but I didn't know if because of what had happened, they might have went back. But okay, fair enough. So we'll maybe he take was it. at the game at the weekend. He got a lot. He got a medal. Yeah. Uh, so the squad size take if you take out Boyata and Allen as well, um, because they've got pre-contracts elsewhere. We're down to twenty-six. 
Um, and then if you look at out of contract players, which is De Vries, Izaguirre, Gamboa and Lustig, let's just assume they are not going to sign contracts and they're all leaving. Um, the squad, if actually we'll put Arzani back in, the squad would be 23. So we've got a squad size of 23. Christopher, um, can I inter- interject and uh, give you an updated shit list? Yes. Sorry, yes. Well, who's your shit list now? So the, 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 everybody in the shit list is basically just everybody that I want to leave. Okay. So uh, Gordon, De Vries, Comper, Izzy, Miller, Lustig, Gamboa, Ralston, Malumbu, Ben Yu, Hayes, all the lone players except Benkovic. If we could get him back, that'd be delicious. Uh, that's it. <laughs> I forgot that we've got Malumbu as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, we've also got Morgan and Schved coming Fuck in as well. So we do, Jesus. Yeah. Your list isn't very good. That, that, that's literally the front page. It's the shit list. Yeah, it's just so, a shit list. Yeah. Um So, just looking at the squad, Alan, goalkeeper wise, we've got Gordon and Bain. Are you happy with them two, or do you want someone else brought in? I would like to see another goalkeeper brought in. So, you'd want another goalkeeper yeah, brought in? Would, would we all agree on that? Yeah. The the two goalkeepers, the young goalkeepers, Connor Hazard and well, I know that I can't remember the other I one. I was going to say Cut. Fazan, but he was about ten years yeah. ago. <laughs> um, but I think they were really they had really good seasons. Connor Hazard's very well thought of, um, but I, I don't know whether um, they would be willing to commit to that. It, it depends on Craig Gordon's situation. I, I have no idea what this injury is, or whether it's a operation, or genuinely Wait, no idea. Neil so. Lennon said it was a comp. Compact in, um, injury because he'd been training to so much. He'd right. Been, okay. So I, d- I don't know what that means. Um, for me, I, I still think I would like to see someone brought in who could. I think if you were to bring in a goalkeeper who could push Bain, I think it'd be really important. I don't think I'm looking. I'm not looking to bring in someone to be a backup. I would want someone to be competing for that position um, because I don't think that it's a guarantee for me that if we are really looking at trying to compete group stage Champions League, I would like to see somebody come in who is at least pushing Scott Bain because I think if you want to play at that level you'd really need a top goalkeeper and I'm not sure he's a top level goalkeeper yeah he's not on the level of just for example when we've played in the group stages in the past Arthur Boric who's out of contract issue not to bring back just as a complete aside yeah but I mean just like you know he he won points in the Champions League by saving penalties Mm -hmm. by making unbelievable amazing saves Um, looking at our defenders defenders list let's I'm going to go to Daniel Daniel Jack Hendry does he have a, a, a... I don't know. I, I think this summer, the sensible option would probably be to put him out on loan. Um, he's probably got zero confidence, especially given the fans were booing him yesterday. No, that was, I thought that was really out of order. It's very out of order. Because, um, I mean, it's, what is he supposed to do? Like, terminate his own contract? <laughs> like, <laughs> what would you do? Um, so I think uh, maybe a loan to another Premiership team, build up his confidence again see how he does, and then make a final decision on him. I probably um, don't think he's got a future at Celtic, but I, I think Celtic maybe owe him that. Um, I think if under the right manager, he could probably do a bit better. But not look, look, look at No, but look at Yozo. Yozo has flourished under a different manager, asking him to do different things. Jack Henry could be the same. I, I don't necessarily think we should just... You know, get rid of him. I think give him a pre-season with whoever the new manager is. I mean, hopefully, I would hope that you, would, that. you wouldn't want to start him in the Champions League qualifiers. No, but you don't need to. M- let, let him play pre-season games. Let him. Everybody, I think everybody who is definitely going to be there, i.e., not out of contract or going back from loan, 
they, uh, the, the, the slate should be wiped clean. They should have a chance to impress whoever the new man I is. Jack Henry, I think, deserves a bit of a break. He was put in at a time when the, the there was no defensive partnership at all at that point in time. It was chaos. Again, you, see the point that you make, though, you're, you're 100% right. He was made to do stuff he wasn't comfortable with, but so was that entire backline. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. So, we Jack Henry we put out on loan? I think, and I'm not saying, you know, punt him. I'm saying put him out yeah. on loan with a view to him potentially doing well and bringing him back. Mm. You know, I just think he needs a bit of confidence, maybe away from Celtic for a while yeah. just to, to get his game time. And I think my worry about him, though, is you, when you compare him to Simunovic, I think I think Simunovic always had the attributes. I think it was just his decision-making and his concentration at times mm. and his experience. I just worry that Hendry just doesn't have the attributes, but maybe he does. I think with Hendry, it may be a bit of an attitude thing. Not attitude, a concentration thing. Sometimes his decision-making isn't great. Remember he had Brendan Rodgers saying that he could be one of the best centre-backs in Scottish Scottish history and all that sort of thing before he even played a game? I mean, you look back at it, that didn't exactly help the boy out, did it? Uh, Alan, thoughts on the defence? So looking at Hendry, Jozo, Compare, Ayer... Ralston and KT. So, essentially, we don't have a right back if Lustig goes. Yeah, I think we, when you look at the the number of players you're going to be playing, you're probably going to be playing a minimum of three, probably four, um, under a new manager, whoever it is. And defensively, we need we need two fullbacks and we need a first choice centre half. For me, I said last um, Friday about Ayer and Simunovic. Yeah, maybe fine for the early qualifiers. I think we need to try and remember the standard that we're trying to aspire to and it's group stages of the Champions League and that centre-half pairing as it stands at the moment for me wouldn't be able to compete at that level yet. I think Ayer's certainly got a lot of growing to do. Simunovic A um, has significant injury issues which he's kind of had at his time here which is unfortunate but you need to consider that. And then also I think that he can be a good centre-half but I think that if you're wanting to develop Ayer and play him and give him the exposure at that level... I'd like to see another centre half come in. Um, if Benkovic did come in, that would be that would be good. But I wouldn't say that from what I've seen from Benkovic this season that I would be, you know, Overly. absolutely delighted because, you know, you know I'm a big fan of Boyata. I think that is a, a as good a centre half as we, we can probably get at this point in time. And it was very disappointing <laughs> to see that um, we weren't able to kind of um, make him an offer um, or make him a suitable offer. He seems to he seems to be um, hinting that he wanted to stay, but just Celtic didn't offer him what nope. he felt he deserved. I, I don't think the interest materialised that he would have been expecting. Um, whether you think he's good, bad, otherwise, he's our best and a half. And the fact that we weren't able to compete with a um, mid-level Bundesliga side, um, probably with aspirations of kind of getting better, I think it's a wee bit disappointing. And I feel as if it's a a reaction to, to last last year in Athens, which obviously at the time was extremely disappointing. But he has been our best centre-half all year and we're losing him for nothing on the basis that we're, we're not willing to give him a bit more money um, in the region of you know thirty to £40,000, which is a lot of money. But you would be able players. to then sell him. Yeah. You would be able to then sell him next summer as well. So I think there's there's been a loss there. Um, and from his comments as well, it didn't sound like it was entirely. I know Hertha Berlin have announced it as well, and I know I'm kind of clinging on here. But to me, it sounded like the window was still open. But if they've not done it now, then it's highly unlikely that they would do it. Louis, your thoughts on the centre? Like just the defence. What are you looking? What do you think we need? Two fullbacks. New one. Um, 
good answer. Yeah, we, we, we need... I mean, we've got the right-back and the left-back, the two American boys coming in, <sighs> but they're not going to be uh, first-choice first yeah. full-backs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you're looking at... I mean, I would happily see all three right-backs leave. So, um, Ralston, Lustig and Gamboa. Yep, and the two back-up left-backs... As Ian Miller, I don't think either of them are good enough. Centre backs, I mean that that leaves us with one left back, KT, and, and no right back. And centre halves, Jack Hendry, Yozo, and Ayer. So clearly we need we need quite a lot in, in defence. Um, and let's face it, we've had difficulty finding centre halves. Um, I don't know, maybe if our if our expectations are too high or, or what, or if it's the markets we're looking in, but we always seem to struggle to get a quality centre-half in. Um, we need to rapidly change that. I, I mean, the last one we had was Virgil. Just letting letting one just walk out the door. That's the thing that really fucking annoys me. <laughs> it's 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 you're, you're letting a guy walk out the door who you know you would be able to sell for good money next summer. But I... I, I I, you know I don't like him, but I I think it, that has been a massive massive mistake from from Wall's point of view and the Bulls' point of view that they should have sold him at the time and it, they they listened to one man, Brendan Rodgers, who was no, who was allowed to make the decision I, on I, that. And I, I think, think that's came. I, I don't think it's fair to say that though, because realistically, if we hadn't had Boyata this year, I don't think we would have. I don't think you can say that we would be in the position where we would be in or we are in at the moment potentially going for a triple triple if we didn't have Boyata this year whether you like him or not he's been very consistent this season um, the best defender at the club this season and it seems as if he would have been open to potentially an extension but they couldn't agree terms which is absolutely fine but we at 9 million last summer we could not have accepted that in the position we were in and still expect to be in this position now I think you you can't have both the 9 million and the treble treble and you know competition the amount but, of games but, but, I, but I think yeah, I, I, don't I, think, I, I, I disagree I think, I think that's Lowell's job he's got to be strong headed enough to it, we would have known his demands are we are we willing to make him one of the top earners at the club if the answer was no we're not willing to give him 35 40 grand a week and that's what he wants, and he's not going to budge on it. Then you you take that money and you reinvest it back into the squad. Letting him go now for nothing, I just don't think it's good enough. Just, I think Ayer at that time wasn't as good as what Ayer is now, and he has had the, he has come on leaps and bounds since he was a consistent start on the team. What I would say is um, any professional footballer, right, and who refuses to go away in a European tie. I just find it really unprofessional mm-hmm. and uh, unforgivable. If you refuse to turn up for your job, you'll get sacked. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's just what happens. And he didn't get sacked, but... I, but, but to do that in a team sport, I, I just... Alan's he, point... He, letting, Alan, letting down your, your teammates like that, I think Alan's point is 100% correct, though. He is our best defender. It's, it's I, know, not, I, agree with, I agree with you on pretty much everything you've said, but that one sort of disciplinary aspect of that, I, I can kind of sympathise with the... With the the club to a degree because you can't just have a guy not turn up to his work and then demand to be possibly the highest earner. And, and I, listen, I, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I also wouldn't let his wee comments um, during his interview the other day. I, I, I would take that with a pinch of salt. We don't know what happened. 
I, I don't think it's uh, irrespective of his comments. He signed a new contract for he signed a contract with another club. Of course, he's going to try and come out of it looking good. Right. So uh, Alan and Nelo are going to go and bat each other outside. Um, <laughs> but so what we've got is essentially moving forward, Jozo and Ayer for first team. Go, moving moving into the the qualifiers, we've got Jozo and Ayer and KT. We literally have three defenders. We need to buy or bring in five. We need to bring in a left back, deputy left back. We need to bring a right two, two right backs, and two centre halves. Or if we've got a really up and coming full back to deputise for KT, maybe we do. I don't know, but I think I think if you be really brutal about it, which Yozo, don't get me wrong, I think Yozo has been very good recently. But you know, it wouldn't have been too long ago when we would never have considered them being in the team going forward. I think if you're being really brutal about it, there are. We have three of our back five sorted. Bane, KT, Ayer and Bain get three positions filled out of five. Five? For, oh, a goalkeeper included. Yeah. I thought so, you were um, going the old 5-3-2 there. No. <laughs> Very concerned. Um, we've got the rest of them to fill from a, from a first choice, first pick point of view, and then we've got we've got backup for everybody. Uh, so we've got, like, just looking at... Midfield wide positions. Um, what I've got here is uh, obviously Schwed's coming in, Morgan's to come back, and Malumbu's to come back. Um, I hope there's the, not wide. No, I, sorry, yeah, sorry. Um, Morgan and, and Schwed are to come in, um, Morgan's to come back, Schwed's to come back. They're wide players. Malumbu obviously being a central midfielder. If we just look at the central midfield positions, I'm just going to run through some names Beton, Brown, Christie, Rogic, and Cham, McGregor, Kuwasi, Malumbu. Henderson, if you add in you and Henderson, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Daniel first. I'm gonna say four players, and I'd like to know your your thoughts on them: Bitton, Brown, McGregor, and Cham. Bitton, I'm fine with as a backup. He's there. He can slot in at centre half if you need him. He can slot in the midfield. I mean, you seen earlier this season where Celtic had basically no midfielders, um, and he was there to to fill in, and he was fine. You know, around about the time when Lennon took over, he played against Hearts and all that. Um, I think Beaton is fine. I think he's. In, been... fact, in fact, let me jump in. You're making good points, but essentially, Brown, Brown McGregor, and uh, Christie are, are definitely obviously not leaving, right? So they're there. Mm-hmm. So, see, I'll just. Beaton and Cham uh, and Malumbu, let's see. Uh, Malumbu gone. Um, that's would obviously would just we not all agree work. that Malumbu will be away? Yeah. Absolutely. It's obviously just not happening. Alan? He's not, he might be there, but he's not going to be figuring in the team, that's for sure. Um, who is the other one? Cham. Cham. I think Cham had his best game in ages on Sunday. Um, not perfect, but I think he played well. Let him um, finish. I know. Is I'm he? just I'm making it known that... Right, I'll come to you next Child. I know. Yeah, Ch- uh, Cham had his best game in ages, I thought, uh, on Sunday. And I wonder whether it's no coincidence that Brown wasn't in the team. Um, I don't know. But I could. I mean, you asked me. You were going to ask me about Brown, then you've retracted it, so I won't say what I was going to well, say. Well, I, I think Brown's obviously going to be there, so there's no. Real, yeah, no. There's <laughs> there's no real need to even discuss Scott Brown, and the same with McGregor and the same with Christie. Um, you can't see. I can't see McGregor leaving. I just can't because I don't want to. And Christie, um, we've missed him, and he'll be you know fully raring to go. Would you keep in Cham, Louis? Uh, yeah, I think the I think the right manager will. We'll get a lot out of Incham. Um, another year down the line, you would hope that he would add a wee bit more consistency to his game because that's going to have to happen at some point. I think 
I think this season for the squad has been it's been a very challenging season mentally. I think the not just Rogers, but I think the the stuff that happened with Boyata affected things, and the just you know the discord in the dressing room and things like that, and contract negotiations. Maybe other players seeing what the board were doing, and and you know letting that affect them. And then you had that again with Dembele. Um, I think that would have upset things as well, and and, and Cham, that those were two his, his wee pals. So I think in Cham again was a player who will hopefully um, have a, a new lease of life under a new manager. Um, so I would hundred percent keep him. The one player that I was going to talk about, and I'm going to make a bold prediction ahead of next year. Here we go. Not even this isn't even on the Patreon, which it should be. Yeah. Um, Abu Kouassi I think oh, next season I think next season will be his year <laughs> this is like, that's like when you predict something that's unlikely and if everyone will forget if it doesn't happen but if it does happen then you can point to it he's smart that way he says stuff Good, that yeah. no one remembers um, but if it does happen he will explode in your face it will be the year of Abu Kouassi Alan do you want to knock some sense into this boy or? I quite like Kouassi <laughs> so. I'm, I'm not going to rubbish it no sure. I, I like him only 21 yeah, he's still got potential, I think, to be fair. Go, going yeah. back to Ncham, I, I think I would really be disappointed if we lost him in the summer. Um, I think his value is probably not anywhere near what it was. Um, and I think he's a really talented player. He's had a tough year, both injuries-wise. Um, I know people keep talking about when we lost Dembele and he chucked it. For me, that's not a case at all. Um, I don't think, I think, um, I just don't think that's what happened. I just think he's had a tough year. And he's young, he's living in a foreign country I, I think he's going to go on and become a, a really, really good player I don't know what the kind of ceiling is for him um, But I think for us, I think when you look at the squad He's one of the ones that stands out to me as one of the most kind of gifted players in that team um, Yeah, No question What about Bitton? He played well yesterday Yeah, left in his day, he's, he's an ideal backup for me um, Do you think he'd be happy with that though? Yes, I don't think anything in his um, kind of mannerism suggests that he would be upset by that at all. Um, he's kind of he's never really cemented a place in the team. Um, I know he's obviously come back from a, a horrendous injury, but one year left in his deal, I think he would be you know a, a good player to come in, especially domestically. I think he can handle the league quite well. He can handle the physicality of the league. Um, so yeah, he seems quite settled. I think, settled, I think. Mm-hmm. they just had a he just had a baby as well. He didn't. I mean. His missus had a baby. Be interesting. His agent, that mad uh, Dunga Dunga guy, he was uh, he was over recently. Who's this? You know the guy, uh, that Dunga's name. Dahan, or whatever you call him. Yeah. Oh, I see. <laughs> Big double D. Um, <laughs> yeah. A, a, a decent squad player. Like I, like like somebody would um, would call Cal McGregor. A decent squad player. I just think if I, I, what I think everything changes when the new manager comes in because he'll look at a guy like Bitton and think I could I could get a million quid for him and I could free up wages. I, I don't I don't think we need to really keep a lot of squad players if we've got Brown, McGregor, Christie, and Cham. Bitton came in under Lennon, didn't he? He did. I. He, I mean, he's he's been there a long time. <laughs> There, you, sh- there want, shouldn't really be many of that squad left, but there's far too many of them. If you want to keep Rogic, Bitton and Kuasi, you're talking about one, two, three, four, five, six. You're talking about seven central midfielders before Ewan McGregor's there. I think we need to get rid of some of them. Ewan McGregor. <laughs> yeah, Ewan McGregor. <laughs> former, his trike former right guest, in the middle of the park. Form, former guest star of um, ER, Ewan McGregor. Um, 
It's the biggest role. It's the biggest role. Um, but, I mean, I, I just think we're going to have to get rid of some of those. But, you know, that, that'll be up to the new manager, I guess. Hayes and Sin- Hayes, Sin- and No, we'll go with Rogic. You want to keep Rogic, Lou? Silly question. One third of a season. Next year's going to be spectacular. I, th- I do think. I mean, I, I've criticised him a lot this year, but I wouldn't let him go. Yeah. Would you let him go for £15 million? Pounds? Yes. Would you what? let him go for £15 million, pounds, Alan? Nah. Because we don't reinvest it. So, to be honest, transfer fees, you could go up to as much as you like. I don't care. We don't reinvest it. So One billion pounds. No. How many hotels is that? It's just, um, I don't want to see us lose guys that are top level talent. I think Roderick can be that. At the end of the season, but I don't want us losing any first team players because I think we need to build an ad. And I think the idea of selling guys over for 15 million pounds and, you know, yeah, that might be a great deal and probably if you'd asked me three weeks ago I would have said, yeah, but the kind of way I'm feeling just now, we need to add to the squad with talent and the only guys I want to see go are the guys that we're kind of looking at and saying, yeah, they're running down their contracts, etc. I don't want any of the first team guys and to be fair, we have got these guys tied up 22, 23. So I want these guys kept and I want this to build around them. I can't wait to listen to the uh, Patreon reaction podcast at the weekend when the uh, Tom Rogic comes on for uh, Ewan Henderson and scores the one on the cup final to win the treble treble. Oh, hold on a minute, you're the one who's leaving him on the bench for Ewan Henderson? Yeah, only to come on and sprinkle, sprinkle a wee bit of finesse on it at the end. Um, so Forrest, um, obviously staying. Then you've got Schwed who's coming in, who by all accounts looks to be terrific. Looking forward to him. You get Morgan, Sinclair and Hayes. Sinclair and Hayes, bye bye. Yep. I get rid of them. Free up the wages, and I mean, he he should be moved on anyway. And I think Sinclair, we've seen his best days. We could probably still get a wee fee for him, and he is on colossal wages in their terms. So move him on. Agree with that, guys, Daniel. Um, I I think to go back to the defence, I think the prior the the one that's the the least of the priorities is the backup left back. And I think until you get someone to do that, Hayes is fine. Oh. Absolutely not. He completely disagrees with yeah. I don't think he's... I do not think he should even be considered an option. I think I would go Daniel Churchill or Calvin Miller before I went um, his. Not, nothing against it, it's just not his natural position. And I don't think it's fair to play a guy um, who wants to go forward in a left-back position. If you're not going to play him there, then punt him, because I can't be bothered with him playing on the wing. <laughs> well, um, he's going to be 32, but the time of season kicks off. I'll tear my hair out if he's playing ahead of Mikey Johnson. What about what about Sinclair? Um, I pretty much agree with you. I, I'd be quite, I'd be just a wee bit reluctant because I think he gets a hard time, but he's the wages he'll be on. It's just not worth it if you can still get a bit of money for him now that he's got. A, now he's got a year left. On his just contract. just turn thirty. So I still think you could get something for him. Um, he's record. I mean, people you just look at his goal scoring record. It's pretty good. Some daft English. Championship I think club you get three, I think you get three million quid yeah. from him. He's like, what the hell? I think you could. Um, it depends who's coming in, but I don't think he's the... If he's the player that we've seen over the last three, four months, and given that he is on, if he was on the same wages as, say, a beat on, I would be more than happy to keep him. If he is the top earner of the club, or at least one of the top earners, then you, he needs to be playing, he needs to be involved. We don't have the room in the budget to have someone there who is going through the motions, which I, he is at the moment. Yeah, I think Sinclair, though, Sinclair's one of those guys who, see, if let's say he does go, like he'll go with everyone's best wishes. He'll go away a, a Celtic great, like a really great Celtic player who came up here, scored a lot of goals, scored in cup finals. Um, and, you know, 
I applaud him away. I, I think he deserves that as well. I, I remember the when he came on. I am sorry when he first joined and they played that game at Ten Castle away. Yeah. It was just perfect. It was that was peak. You know, um, peak Rogers as it were. That was just incredible. Impact signing comes in away to Ten Castle. You know, Griffiths whips the ball and lovely we finish celebrating the fans. That that was just a great, great moment. And when you you knew that it was going to be a good season when he um, when that happened. And the Sinclair song is probably my favourite ever Celtic player song. Genuinely, also, just because of how much it reminds you of that season. And have you the heard the Scott Brown song? Or just to clarify, sorry, Chris, the Scott Brown song. If he goes in twenty twenty one, that's the only reason I'd keep Scott Bain because we can repurpose the song to go from Scott Brown to Scott Bain, and that means we don't lose it because I don't want it just sung, you know, away games when you know we're winning five nothing and the fans are bored. I, don't I want know it to sing. If it, no, did you not go to his testimony? No. Right, sing it. Go. I can't believe you've never heard this song. You need to. It's got to be played. I can't. We've got to have can't it. Play it. Oh, oh, that's a shame. YouTube it right after this. Listen, see when the ball's in Cannot the net. Believe look, it. When the ball's in the net and it's not George Cadet, it's the Canio. That's good. Mm, yeah, that's good. Like that one. When, was, when the ball's in the look, net, I don't remember the nineties. When the ball's in the air and it's not Big Pierre. Was it? It's yeah. the Canio. Oh, it's still the Canio. Andy man. Toms, I'm assuming, was if it goes like a a bomb, and it's not. Andy, Tom, then it's someone else. You've just created your own. <laughs> yeah, 20 years too late. but uh, So we're looking at keeping Bittle and keeping Brown, Sinclair and he, are you happy with his to go? Or? Yeah. Can I just say I'm not particularly happy with keeping Brown? Genuinely. And I know that people talk about him as a leader and as a captain and all that, but Celtic are clearly worse with, with him in the team. Every time. <sighs> Shut up. Every, clearly no, worse every time. Clearly worse. Every time he has a period the, out of the, the team. The, the sample size there. is too small, I think, to ah. make that conclusion, in my opinion. And Because he's played so much that when he's out of the team, it's not... I'm not there, but I, I, I just use my eyes, mate. I, I, don't, I don't think he should play. I, I don't think he should be an automatic first pick and play every game next season. He can, play, I, he can I think hang it, about in the dressing room. I think you have to keep him um, purely because the leadership... He shows it would be nigh on impossible to replace. And I think we already are at a point of instability, so we need to we do need to keep him. But I think um I would hope that a new manager would come in and assess him like he assesses everybody else in terms of what he brings to the t- to the team from a playing point of view. I think Daniel's absolutely right in that you, we can't assume because he's your club captain that he should be an automatic pick. I just don't think we're at the stage yet to part with him and I don't think that I've seen enough of his without him to say that this team can go on and be better without him I think there's still still a better team with him in it I think okay maybe my point needs a bit more nuance I think that I'm annoyed because it's a two year contract he's what 33 already he will be one of the highest earners at the club and don't all you think that. he deserves that? Don't you think he deserves a two-year deal be, just to finish no. up? No, so do no one deserves that. So do the 10 contract. If, if anybody's um, one of my kind of greatest coaches ever, um, NFL coach Bill Belichick, he's the most cold, calculated. He will never reward someone for past performance with a contract that then goes on for two years. And I think that's a really good point. I don't know if that in this last two years his contract it will be the highest term because I don't know if... I think it would be naive if they did give him the same terms because he will naturally decline over time and that's understandable and I don't think it would be reasonable to give him a contract 
the same terms it was on or better when we know that over the next two years he, his role will inevitably be reduced purely down to age and that's understandable and I think and I hope that we kind of look at it in those cold calculating terms because I don't want us giving someone a two year deal on great money when we know that you're not going to get the same out of them as you have previously did, did, did the same with Tom Boy did the same with Paul Lambert and I'm, I'm did the both times did kind of come back because they fell off a cliff in terms of mm-hmm. their ability to, to actually play. So I, I get your point. What I would say is that I think, I would like to think that, you know, let's say we play 65 games next season in all competitions. Again, Brown, if he plays 25 of them, that's fine. You know, games after European, he doesn't have to start every single game. He just has to be in that squad, I think, because we are going to go into a certain level of instability, as Louis says. Just having him there, I think, is fine. I think you still stuff. I agree that having him around is fine, but I don't want to go too far down this route, but to go back to what you're saying about him, about what he would earn, by all accounts, he had quite a lucrative offer from Australia, and he turned that down. To me, that says Celtic are keeping him as one of the highest earners. And I think if you are the captain, you are Scott Brown, one of the most influential people at the club, one of the highest earners is like what you said about Sinclair. You can't afford that in the mm-hmm. budget to have someone that yeah. earns that much and that can't contribute. Mm-hmm. And even if you think, I mean, I personally don't think that he should be in the first team every week, even now. But even if you do think that he's going to decline, as you say, over the next couple of years, you can't afford to be paying him. What I would say is, Louis made the point that the new manager comes in and everyone gets a fresh start. Uh, Scott every, Brown doesn't get a fresh start though. Scott Brown is the club captain. I think. I, th- I think if someone like AVB comes in. He'll he'll pick the best he team. was a club captain when Rogers came in as well and he, he developed his game and changed his game. It's hard to do, but he, he did do it. So I, I think it counts for everybody club captain otherwise. I, I think if you if you get someone like uh, AVB coming in and just looking at the squad and seeing how you know everyone work, works um, and, and seeing that squad, I, I, and if, if Scott Brown can't do what he's asking him to do, then I don't think he'll play. I, I do. I do. No one's bigger than the club. No one's bigger than the success of the, the actual team on the pitch. If Scott Scott Brown still might have a role, if Chris Bowd was here, he'd punch you. By the way, that's the other point. Well, I would just say no one's bigger than the club. Tell that to Ronnie Dyla. Griffiths, Bale, Edward, Bale, Bale, Bale. Bale. Oh, is it Bale or Bale? Bale, I think. Bale. Boom, boom, boom. So on the Celtic website, they've got Johnson as a as a forward, which I guess he kind of is, but he's not a striker per se. Um, Griffiths, Bale. Edward Johnson, you think they'll four of them will be there next season? No. I'd bin Griffiths. You would bin Griffiths? Mm-hmm. You would put him in a bin? Sell him on. What are you saying? I don't think no one's going to buy him. He's not played for so long. Oh, come on. I think there would be plenty of teams in Scotland that would take Lee Griffiths. You're, you're, you're not going to get afford, any money no from No one's going to afford his wages up here. Unless it's Rangers. He's on 17 grand a week. I, I think his, his career's important to him if he's... I I would move Griffiths on. I would. I, I think Bio obviously we've just bought and he's not played, so he has to be he has to be given a chance. Eddie's obviously number one, and then we should bring in another person to challenge Eddie or partner him. But I don't think it's Griffiths. So you think Griffiths would be a way for you? Yep. Um, obviously, Mikey Johnson. I know he's as a forward, but he's definitely staying. Uh, Bio, as you say, has been given an opportunity and he's been injured, so that's fair enough. We'll, we'll, he'll have a fresh start. Griffiths away, Alan, thoughts? It really depends what we're going to be playing next year, what system we're going to be playing. I think if we are going to play a similar way that we have with a one up front, which most coaches nowadays really are playing with, then I don't think that's he enjoys playing in that system and I don't think it plays to his strengths. So 
Um, if you're going to play with someone off a striker or someone off him, but he needs someone up there with him in and around him. Um, and the way we're playing at the moment, that doesn't really doesn't really happen. Um, so for me, I think, he, as Daniel says, I don't think that we're really in a position where we can move him on. He's got a contract until 2023 here as well, or 2022 maybe, because um, he signed that five-year extension, yeah. or five-year deal. So I think he will be there. And do you know what, seeing his days, he really is, he's probably the best finisher of the club. Um, it's just trying to work him into those opportunities. But I, I wouldn't, with what we've got at the moment, I wouldn't be moving him on. Um, but I just think it's difficult to fit him into the team. I agree. I pretty much agree. I think he's fine as a backup, domestically especially. I think he's fine. Um, Edward's obviously the, the number one and the one that you want to keep playing, keep developing, giving him as much game time as you can. And Bio is a bit of an unknown quantity but you need to give him a chance you know he seems to be from the kind of um, descriptions and how I've heard people talk bio seems to be a bit very different to Edward he seems to be quite a from what I'm led to believe he's a bit of a battering ram he's quite a big boy he's quite he's good in the air perfect for David Moyes Perfect, aye. different, different option though. Something, something different from from Eddie. Um, something different from from Griffiths. Um, Griffiths, I think, I, 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 I don't see him leaving. I don't think Celtic will try and sell him. Um, as as because Alan says, I don't think he wants to go. However, I also don't think he'll want to stay at Celtic and be a sub. It's about managing him. If see if you can get back to that kind of twenty seventeen level, what a fantastic player you've got. But it's just if you can get him there, and if he would be understanding of the acceptance that we have a striker who we really are persistent with and who is our main man big investment in him Edward and we I think any new manager would really be going forward with Edward it's better he's willing to accept that and he's a very competitive um, person so he probably would want to be playing week in week out so do you think you know, need I'm another sure. striker it really depends who the manager is and that's the problem and um, we really don't know what's happening at the moment and we've got a squad of players that we might look at and think it's a good core, but depending on how we play, a manager might come in and not fancy a lot of these guys. Or might fancy some of the ones that we really don't like. And that's quite scary, to be honest. Yeah, I actually feel quite downbeat just after sitting discussing this. Louis, what's your thoughts on a new striker? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throw him some names. Messi. Would you like that? Would that yeah, Aguero, of course. I'd love that. Um, Stephen Dolby. <laughs> I, I think it's just like pretty much everything. There's, there's, we we need we probably need a striker. That just like everywhere else, we we just need to sign all the players. It's uh, we're in a weird situation. Do you know what I really hope we do? Sorry, go on. <laughs> all the plankton teams do this, and I'd like to see us do it. Just put out on the website. <laughs> The following players have been released, or the following players are leaving, and just give us a big fucking massive list. Just get them all. That's what I want. I don't want this, like, oh, players left here and the players left here. Just have a hit list. All of them are whacked, all of them are gone. A shit list, if you want. Yeah, just publish the shit list. I'll type it. This, this is why you don't give daft contracts to, to players. And actually, De Vries has got a contract till next summer, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he does, aye. And does that's. Um, oh, no, no, I no, think no, he's, no, he's, he's away. No, he's Are you up. sure? And yeah, okay. he runs out on the 31st of this month. Okay, sorry. sorry. So, I mean, we've got a lot of work. Essentially, what we've, if nothing else, what we've highlighted is we've got a mixed bag. We've got some real quality. Um, we've got KT, we've got Ayer, we've got McGregor, we've got Forrest. Um, we've got Edward, like we've got quality all over the pitch, but we just don't have 
terrific backups. I think the the way that I think the way that squad's been left by the previous regime is is nice. it's not good enough. Um, I, I think there's mate whoever gets this job has not got an easy summer, and that's because of poor squad management. Chris Sutton says that Rogers has left the squad in a worse state than Ronnie Dyla. Would you agree with that? The when Dyla left. Yeah, I probably would because you look at the way that some of that Dyla squad went on. That that's really the core of the team that have won the last two trebles, potentially yeah. three. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we made some good additions, but that Ronnie Dyla squad was young, a lot of talent in it, um, and some of the guys went on to do great things, including well, Champions League final, um, a couple of weeks of the, the kind of course and a half at that team. Yeah, we'll be playing in it. So essentially, what we're as I say, what we're looking at, we're looking at um, a tough, tough job. We're looking at a, a real. Tough start for whoever comes in because the Champions League qualifiers, you, you hit the ground running with that. Um, we've got a lot of players who, just their future is very undecided. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, that's the podcast for this week. Um, as I say, you can sign up to our Patreon, patreon.com slash 90 Minute Cynic. We'll have a Patreon reaction podcast um, just after the Scottish Cup final. Um, myself and Alan and Christian Wolf are doing a director of football podcast. Um, which should be really terrific really looking forward to getting our teeth into that and discussing that subject and how Celtic can potentially restructure Um, but moving forward we're going to have um, some really interesting stuff in in June and then we start we kick off on the 1st of July to get right good going I'm not going to be hosting next week that will be I'm at the Scottish women's final warm up game um, against Jamaica Um, but Bowd I'm I'm guessing you'll be there as well but Bowd will um, out the invites to the, the panel. So I'm going as well. You know, it's my first ever Scotland game. Wow. There you there go. go. Do you want to go for a, a beer? Oh, why not? I'm busy. Oh. Um, okay. so, Me um, too, actually. I just remembered. Good. Um, but no, so so that's that's terrific. Um, listen, this has been a podcast. I, I don't know why I'm, I'm fanning about it. Uh, Louis McCaffrey, a pleasure as always, sir. Uh, it's been dead good. I, uh, Daniel, terrific. It's been very good. Calm, collected, a good discussion yes. with everyone. Alan, thank you. I hope I'm feeling more excited next Tuesday. But I think we've depressed Alan. It looks like he's going to cry. I'm just really worried about the moist situation. I it's know. going to be hard to get excited for that. You'll be on the live lunch on Friday. Yes. Yes. Remember, this podcast is coming out tomorrow. It's Rafa. <sighs> Yay! Yay! Um, so happy. I'm Chris Gallagher with the 90 Minute Cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road. <laughs>